0: Hi, this is 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication. I'm Dr. Anne-Marie Liebel. If you've got to explain something to a patient, how do you do it? If you have important information or complex ideas to share, how do you get it all across? Multitasking plus increasing EHR documentation requirements often means less time with patients. And yet, how you spend this short time educating your patient has been shown to have an impact on numerous health outcomes and patient satisfaction and patient engagement. Some quick planning ahead of time can make for a lasting impact, and that's what today's episode is about. Welcome to 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication with Dr. Anne-Marie Liebel, providing you with tips and strategies you can use to improve your patient engagement there are topics you explain frequently this includes information and concepts as well as processes ways of doing being thinking we can call this your content it's what you're trying to get across today's episode is about having different ways to get your message across because people learn differently so i'm going to give you 10 different ways to organize your content as you listen Pick out the ones you lean on most frequently, then do yourself and your patients a favor and pick another or two. Try using a different organizational structure for the same content, because I repeat, people learn differently. Now, these are organizational structures that are common in our everyday experience, In our conversation, in arts and media, popular culture, in logic and argument, and more, you will recognize all of them. But i also throw in a couple twists just to expand your options. So let's go. Number one, cause and effect. Medicine relies on cause and effect relationships. Fortunately, we often think in cause and effect patterns in everyday life. Here's an example from one study where a physician is explaining a metaphor he uses to illustrate the concept of inflammation and the effect of a medication using cause and effect. Quote, I explained that airways are like a plumbing system. Swelling of the tubes is like when the plumbing system gets obstructed and prednisone cleans the tubing system. Number 2. Conditional this is about probability and reasonable expectation. Sometimes the conditional is phrased as an if-then statement, as it was by a physician in this study. Quote, if the cancer is still resistant to the cancer-fighting tools, other weapons are injected to attack the disease or to boost the body's own defenses. Number three, part to whole or whole to parts. A nurse was describing to me a topic she addresses often. After surgery, she explained, there is often a small part of an incision that is left open without a drain, if possible, and apparently patients can be worried about the whole. Therefore, she frequently was explaining to patients how wounds healed. She did this in a part-to-whole structure, where the parts were the multiple layers of skin. She said, It's the bottom layer that's first to heal. I tell them the last to heal is the surface. Number four, temporally. There are many ways time enters into our thinking. Here's a few. Things may happen chronologically. They may happen sequentially. They may happen cumulatively. Now, chronologically is easy enough, but here's a twist. Consider that events occurring over time also includes those that occur over our individual and collective history. Such a framing might look like, well, we used to X, but then this happened, so now we Y. In is Better, he uses temporal organization to explain an innovation made by a friend of his. In the mid-70s, when babies who were born two months prematurely or more were considered to have not much of a chance to survive, but his friend for one year decided to pretend that they did and treated them like they were full-term babies, and that changed the field from that point forward. Number five, compare-contrast. You know that comparing involves two like items or ideas, obviously metaphors, similes, analogies. Contrasting takes up the ancient practice of illustrating what something is by pointing out what it is not. Then diagrams are possible here as well, when there are both similarities and differences in target groups. Here's an example from a physician taken from a study on the use of metaphors and analogies in difficult conversations, and this example uses both compare and contrast. See if you can hear it. Quote, you know you can live with ovarian cancer for a long time. I mean, you can live with diabetes for 50 years. There's a lot of diseases that we don't cure, we just manage. Hypertension, right? We don't cure it, we just give you a pill to take every day that keeps it under control. End quote. This physician compares ovarian cancer to diabetes and then to hypertension. The contrast is between diseases that can be cured and diseases that can be managed. Number six, general to particular. This may sound familiar in terms of assessing or diagnosing. It's common in everyday language as well. The pyramid or the inverted pyramid is often used to indicate hierarchical relationships, but can also be used to show that a specific case is or isn't a reasonable or plausible example of a general phenomenon. That was the case when I spoke with an exasperated nurse who was on phones at a physician practice during this past flu season. She told me, quote, People say they got the flu when I ask their symptoms. Do you have fever? No. Do you have headache? No, but I've been throwing up all weekend. That's not flu the particular conditions of individual patients did not plausibly represent the general condition of the flu. Number seven, spatially. Another common organizational scheme, right? Spatial arrangements can be from top to bottom, back to front, left to right. Don't forget near to far. This is a physician's response using a spatial orientation. It concerns a symptom cause in a palliative care consultation study. Quote, down that pattern, sort of across the knee and down towards the ankle is the L4 distribution, and I think you've got pressure on the nerve, and it's making it numb. Number eight, average. Sure, you use this already. As an OBGYN told me, part of her talk to moms in their third trimester is, quote, Most people have healthy babies. That is why I have you coming in all the time at 36 weeks. We're checking you. And if we can get good care at this time, we can pretty much ensure all will go well at the time of birth. Now, averages can indicate most common slash least common relationships, as well as typical, atypical relationships and rules and exceptions. It's sometimes possible to talk about statistical significance but don't forget those outliers number 9 narrative tell a story because a narrative works researchers have long proved that as humans we are hardwired for story narrative medicine is a robust field providers narratives of practice are being published in medical journals patients narratives are increasingly recognized for the insights they offer So if your storytelling skills need a bit of a brush up, I got you covered. Who's your protagonist? You know, your main character. It could be your patient or a family member. It could be a part of the body, the disease or injury, some aspect of the treatment, or even you. You set the stage. There's some complication, a climax, and a resolution. But this is just one possible narrative frame. Because sometimes, stories start in the middle of things. Oftentimes, there is not a straightforward narrative, but a looping back, a digression. There can be a loss of ground, a surprise twist, or an unintended consequence. And it's okay to resist the pressure for a happy ending every time. Number 10. Chunking. This refers to organizing material in categories or chunks that hang together conceptually. Sometimes you know the categories ahead of time, a priori. Sometimes you discover them as you go. It's the organizing structure I use in this episode, but I bet you figured that out already. (laughs) There's an important caveat here. I am not going to advocate you use some sort of simple to complex arrangement, despite its common sense appeal. The notion that you have to walk before you can run simply does not account for many of the ways that people learn, even kids. Such a breaking down can be helpful, after someone's familiar with the concept, to deepen their understanding. Like what I'm doing here. I'm showing you the simple, these 10 organizational structures, because you already know about the complex, the teaching and learning process. At its most basic, this is about organizing your thoughts so that you can present them to someone else. You could think of these as examples of sense-making structures or common patterns of thought. Which ones do you tend to lean on? And which ones will you try? Just a reminder, if at all possible, have a graphic, an image, a website, a video, an app. If not, Have an extra pen in your pocket because multimodality helps. If you're interested in taking your language use seriously, why not start with your metaphors? I've written a workshop for you showing you how to break down the metaphors you use, understand their cognitive and affective aspects, and evaluate them in use. On demand, right here on healthcommunicationpartners.com. This has been 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication, and I'm Dr. Anne-Marie Liebel. Thanks for listening.